So the title of the first half of today is Don't Be Deceived. You know, I don't think Jesus wants us to get deceived, amen? He wants us to, to know what's up, what's going on, and so we're going to talk about deception for a little bit, and then we'll talk about something else. we got a lot of time. Hallelujah. So, why don't we stand? We're going to read James chapter 1, 16 through 18. Out of the New Life Version. My Christian brothers, do not be fooled about this. Whatever is good and perfect comes to us from God. He is the one who made all light. He does not change. No shadow is made by his turning. He gave us our new lives through the truth of his word only because he wanted to. We are the first children in his family. Father, we thank you for this word right now. And I pray, God, that we would capture that, Lord, that we are your first children, God. And, Lord, that I pray that we would understand what it means to be a child of God. And, Father God, that we not be fooled by things, we not be deceived by things, Father. But, Lord, we'd be aware of what's happening in, in this life. And we'd be aware of your word in our hearts and our minds, Lord, that we don't get distracted. And uh, we stay the course with you. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. You know, Delana can get distracted real easily. <laughs> she'll, she'll walk into a room for one thing and do 10 other things before, because she, she loves squirrels. See, a squirrel is those things that distract her. So every time I see her going like this, when she was going to do this, I just yell, squirrel. <laughs> and she... And she looks at me, and so like when she tells me, yeah, you know, I got a little distracted, I said, squirrel, you know. You see, but that's what the enemy of our soul is trying to do, is create squirrels in our life from, from God, from the Word of God, so that we get distracted from what the Word of God says, so that we look away from the Word, we, and Delonda doesn't do that, it's just the natural things in life, you know, so. But many times the New Testament tells us, don't get deceived, don't allow yourself to get deceived. You know, when we look back at the beginning of man, the two most prominent people in creation are who? Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve. You can shout it out. It's all right. So they, those guys got to spend time with God. God would come down literally in the cool of the day and be with Adam and Eve. They got to talk to him. They got to fellowship with him. You know, just amazing. I'm, I mean, we get to talk with God. We get to fellowship with him. But in the spirit, they got to do it for real. Can you imagine? Oh, let's just let Jesus walk in this place. You let, let Jesus walk in it, just, woo, we'd all fall down. I'm telling you. But Genesis tells us, you know, how God came down and talked to him. And, and, and what would worry me today, and I know I'm not supposed to worry, is that I see a lot of people getting deceived. A lot of people twisting the Word of God. A lot of people making the Word of God fit their lifestyle of what they're wanting to do. Changing the wording, changing things. And, and that, that makes, scares me for them. Because when you get deceived, you know, sometimes there's no way back. If you go too deep, it's like you go in the rabbit hole, you can't get back from there. So Eve's, Eve's deception was allowing the devil to add to Scripture and it make, to make sense to her. Not 
scripture, actually, but to what God said, what God had told Adam. Now, I have kids. When my kids were little, you know, it's like, it's not only don't stick your finger in the electric socket, but it's, you know, don't stick your finger in the electric socket. You're going to die. Your, your hair's going to frizz. You know, don't play in the street. You'll get run over. You'll become a pancake. You know, you, you, know, you, you just kind of you go to the extreme. And I'm wondering, when I look at this, if Adam didn't go to the extreme with his wife, when, you know, when he, he said, you know, hey, God said, don't eat that. And, and then he, you know, he maybe he elaborated, hey, don't eat that. Don't touch it. Don't look at it. Don't go around it. You know, he just, or you're going to die. You know, Adam may have elaborated on that just to be sure that his wife, Eve, didn't touch, go and eat that fruit, you know. But the thing about Adam is he was there when she ate the apple. Well, whatever the fruit was, the apple, we'll say apple today. He was there when she ate the apple. And I honestly believe that when Eve ate that apple, Adam stood there to wait to see what happened. Is she going to die? And nothing happened. He's like, give me that thing. And he took it and he ate it. He got deceived. You know, and the devil just wants to twist the word of God enough to deceive people, to get us off track. And as we start today, I ask you this question. Because the enemy used that bait, the apple, to twist the word enough to get Eve to fall, to get Adam to fall. So I want to ask you this question, and you can think about it throughout the meeting today. What bait is the enemy trying to deceive you with? Because I know he wants to deceive you. So what is he dangling in front of you to try to get you off track? That would try to get you to, you know, be deceived. You need to really make sure that you're on track. And remember, James, he's talking about trials and tribulation. You know, and, and this, remember, tribu trials, tribulations, temptation, they're not from God, okay? They're not, they're not so that you can build a testimony. God didn't make you an alcoholic or a drunk or a, 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 a drug person so that you'd have a testimony. God didn't do that. You, as we learned last week, what's inside of you comes out of us that causes us to fall into sin. But what God did is he saved you out of those things, amen? He didn't make you do them. He didn't tempt you to do them. He saved you from that so that you wouldn't do them, amen? I was talking on Wednesday night. I said, hey, listen, when, with your testimony, if you come out of, uh, you know, had a rough life, you have a, a testimony and the enemies just beat you up for so many years or whatever, and then you got saved and you got delivered, let your testimony be about 10% of what the enemy did and about 90% of how God delivered you, amen? Let's give glory to God and not to the devil, amen? You know, your, your testimony of what the devil done, yeah, I used to do drugs. Okay, but now I don't because Jesus set me free. Amen. We give glory to God and not to what the, the enemy has done. So the testimony is not in the sin, but in the saving. Amen. In the saving. The saving grace that God has given us to, so that we don't have to sin anymore. That's what we've been learning too in Ephesians. So God did not bring temptation to us. Amen. Because God can't not be tempted. Therefore, he cannot tempt you. So God has nothing to do with your sin. 
Amen? Because God can't sin. God can't be tempted, therefore he can't tempt you. So God's got nothing to do with your sin. That's all on you. Remember what we said last week. That's something that's inside of you that comes out, that you think on, you dwell on, and then once you do, you go with it. So, and we need to understand that everything that is good comes from God. Your good thoughts. When you get that good thought, hey, I'm going to slip pastor, you know, $10. Jesus. <laughs> but I'm going to give somebody a gallon of milk or I'm going to take them some bread. You know, you get that thought in your head. That's not you. You can't take credit for it because it's a good thing. And God is the one that is the, gives you the good thoughts. Amen. Because we in ourselves, we're evil. And then you, the blessings that God gives. You know, we talk about a, a million little miracles. You know, if you start looking at your life, you start seeing how God has blessed you and, and the miracles he's done in your life. From the little things to the big things. You know, I look out, I see Cindy, a miracle, a miracle, a miracle. In the name of Jesus, you know, I pray right now your hair begin to grow in Jesus' name. That it begin to grow and it grow back long the way you've always wanted it to be. That it just thrive on the top of your head in the name of Jesus. Amen. Healings, the, 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 the good that comes from God, the healings, it's, it all comes from God. Amen? It all comes from him. And he made all the light. He made all the light. That's what that passage says. And the thing about God is he never changes. Never changes. God is not changing. God is not evolving to us. We're to evolve to God. Amen? God is who he is. What he's written. It's written in, I mean, it might as well be written in stone. Amen? Because it's not changing. We need to be more like him. He's not changed from what his word declares about him, amen? And we need to stay the course with his word. And Jesus came as the light to the world, and now he's imparted that light to you. He's given you that light so that now you are the light of the world, and you're to let your light shine before all men, amen? Everybody smile at me. Yeah, looks a little bit more bright in here when you smile. <laughs> But the light in God is so bright that it does not cast a shadow of darkness. See, because darkness represents sin. So in God, there is no sin. So there's light. So um, there's no darkness in God at all. He is pure light that permeates everything to the point that it does not cast a shadow. Now, I want to show you a video. And this is an old video. It's Jesse Duplantis. Um, when he was caught up into heaven, what he saw. And I just want to show you the clip. I want to show you the clip. He turned around. He took me by the hand. He said, there's many things you shall see here and learn. But I brought you here to tell you that go tell my people I'm coming. And he turned around. He took me by the hand. He said, I want, to, I want you to meet another king. And I saw a man walking toward me. And he had reddish hair. And he had a red beard. And it was a beard about this wide, coming like this. And I knew him immediately. I just knew it. And the Lord said, I must go back to the throne. My father calls me. And he turned around walked off. And that angel... And I looked at that man, and I said, your name is David, isn't it? 
He said, yes. I said, oh, king. He said, stand up. Don't bow. He said, you just looked at the king of kings. He said, I've been assigned to take you around. I said, listen, is there anything I can do for you? That's what I said. I said, listen, I told him, listen. And he said, you don't understand. We are servants here. We're here to serve you. What do you want, Jesse? What do you need? And I began to look at the angel, look like this. And that angel said, what are you looking for? I said, you don't have no shadow. You see that shadow? See the darkness in here? There's none of that in heaven. He looked at me and said, no, there's no shadows here. God is light in whom there's no darkness, no shadow of turning. There is no darkness whatsoever. None. It's light. I mean, that amazed me. I, I said that several times to the angel. He said, what are you looking for? I said, I just can't. He said, there's no darkness here. Tell my people I'm coming, but there's no darkness in heaven. Amen. The, the light. Can you just imagine? The light shines right through you to not create a shadow. That's what it's going to be like when we're in heaven. And we, he has given us that light today, amen. And this is what we want in our daily walk so that the pure light shines through us. So that as we walk, the purity of God, of Christ, shines through us. It's not any, no darkness in us, but that we walk in the light, amen. Now you might think, well, that's a pretty high calling. Well, it's something to work towards, amen. That that light just shines through you. And that people see the love of God in you. Amen? And it, that's what he wants. Now we have the truth. Because go back up to the scripture. He says he give us our new lives through the truth of his word. Only because he wanted to. He gave us the truth in his word. Only because he wanted to. So this is what brings us life. The Word, amen? The Word, because He wanted to. Now, who is the Word? Say it loud. Jesus. Jesus is the Word, right? In the beginning was the Word, the Word was God, the Word was with God. Verse 14, John 1, the Word became flesh and dwelt among us as the only begotten of the Father. Jesus is the Word. So Jesus, the Word, did, made a way for us to connect back with God, amen? He wanted to do this. He wanted to do this. It was in his heart to do it. Now, he didn't like the way he had to do it, but he did it anyways. He was obedient to the Father. So we move into new life. We get born again in Christ. Amen? So and this is how we stop being deceived and become family. You stop getting deceived by what the enemy's trying to throw at you. By, like I said, what is the bait that Satan's using on you to deceive you. Identify the bait, cut it off, get rid of it, and don't have anything to do with it. Cast down that imagination, right? That's what we prayed for on Friday night. That we would start casting down imaginations. That we not sit and imagine on things that are sin. That we imagine the Word of God. Because your imagination is great, amen? Some of you are so creative, it's just amazing. You know, I look at things that I've seen on, you know, on videos and stuff, and I think, oh my gosh, how did they think of that? It's so creative and everything. And so... You know, you have a creativity that I believe is from God, but the enemy tries to steal that from you by trying to get you to imagine on other things, to try to get you to focus on other things. Squirrel. I don't remember how it happened, honey. You were talking to me and I saw a squirrel 
She wants me to tell you how this happened. She, I was talking to her one time, and a squirrel ran by, and that took all her attention. And, and so I, every time, squirrel. <laughs> now it's bunny rabbits. <laughs> bunny! I'm sorry, honey. You're so funny. But this is how we stop getting deceived as we become family. We become part of the family of God. And when we're in the family of God, now, now we can start having understanding of what this means. Because you can read this and not be a believer and not understand a single word. You can read it and you just go, wow, that's, there's a lot of war in there. You know, that's what people say. You know, there's a lot of killing in there. Or, oh my gosh, look what they did to that guy named Jesus. That's terrible. Yeah, wow. You know, I mean, when, when I read it as a believer and I, and I go look through what, you know, they did to Jesus, it just makes me cry. You know, because I'm part of the faith, I'm part of the family. It's not just a story, it's life. And when you read the word and it becomes life to you, then you're just, you're caught up in the word of God. And so you stop, you start shooting the squirrels so that you're not getting distracted. You're not getting deterred by what God has for you. Because a lot of people are deterred right now. A lot of people are distracted and they're not um, sticking with the family. You know, when, when you become a Christian, you're not a stepchild. Okay? You know, I know we're adopted in, but I, I don't, I'm not adopted. Man, I'm a child of God. Amen? I'm a child of God. And that's how I look at it. You know, when, when my um, daughter got married to Greg, it's like, Greg's my son. My grandsons, I don't even call them my grandsons. I call them my boys. You know, they're my boys. I mean, Cardi might have had them, but they're my boys. You know, and they know that. <laughs> and they're like, hey, when I'm 18, I'm moving with Papa. <laughs> like, yes, you are. Go to USC or something like that. So we're the family. And, and because of what Jesus has done for us, we can move into the next step in James. And, it, and it's titled Listening and Doing. How many of you are good listeners? Ooh, we got a little work to do. Maybe I... <laughs> Listening and doing. In, in verse 19 in James 1, it says, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. You must be quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to get angry. Human anger does not produce the righteousness God desires. So get rid of all filth and evil in your lives and humbly accept the word God has planted in your hearts. For it has the power to save your souls. So the first thing he tells you is be quick to listen. Amen. In order to do that, this is listening. You ready? If you're going to be a good listener, don't think about what you're going to say when they're done. You know, I mean, how many times, man, you're just sitting there waiting, waiting, waiting. Shut up so I can talk. You know, because you got something you want to add to it, you know. And that's why I only like to, like when we're in prayer, doing prayer, I like to pray about one, let's pray about one thing. Let's pray about it until we've exhausted it, one thing. Because, you know, I'll get on that one thing and get going and then somebody will come and then they'll, they'll pray something and then they'll go onto something else and onto something else and onto something else and onto something else and, something else and I'm, I'm stuck on number two. I'm like, I wanna pray about number two. Please stop. Because, you know, I'm not listening, 
I'm just focused on what I want to say. See, a good listener is not thinking about what they're going to say. They're thinking about what the person is saying. Seeking to understand, not to be understood. So because we all want to be understood. We want people to understand us, who we are, where we're coming from, why we do things. You know, I was watching, uh, you know, Steve Harvey's Family Feud YouTube clips. Some of them are pretty funny. And um, there was one guy the other night and we were watching it and he you know, got the hand on the, ready for the buzzer and he's there and Steve Harvey says four words and the guy goes, eh. Steve Harvey looked at him like, go ahead. The guy said something wrong, you know, because he, he couldn't wait for the answer. I mean, for the whole question to come out and it, it totally went a different way than what he thought it was gonna do. And you know, and that's what a lot of us do. We jump the gun, especially in our marriage relationships, we jump the gun and we try to intervene before they finish talking. It's like, we don't have time to listen to all that. Let's, <laughs> there's, there's two kinds of communication that we do. One is a hill talker. Robert, this is communication that we do, hill talking. I'm a hill talker. It's like, if, if I said, Mark, how much money did you spend? And Mark, maybe he's a mountain talker. So Mark starts telling me everything he bought. He goes around the mountain. He's t telling me, well, I bought this. I bought, you know what? I, this was on sale and I got this and I got that and, and everything. So Mark, well, how much money did you spend? And Mark says, well, just let me finish. See, I'm a mountain talker. He's a hill talker. All I, my question was, what did you spend money? What, how much did you spend? And he's telling me what he bought it on. So I'll feel good about how much he spent. See, I'm only doing this to you because my wife gets upset with me when I do it to her. <laughs> I'm saving myself today. <laughs> so there, there's those two kinds of communications. The, the hill talker, which goes right to the top. I mean, the mountain talker goes right to the top of the mountain. And the hill talker, which goes around the mountain. So I'm a, a mountain talker, Delonda's a hill talker. So I have to learn to listen to the hill because she goes, you know, you're gonna ask me these questions anyways. Because I'm gonna say, hey, what did you spend? Well, I spent $500. What in the world did you spend $500 on? Well, if you would have let me talk, I would have told you. <laughs> That's why we've gotta be, learn to be good listeners. But you know, she, she's so gracious because I'm a mountain talker, she's a hill talker. So say I spent $500 and I spent it on this, 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 this. <laughs> right? She, she's getting better with me. But you gotta be quick to listen. We need to listen, listen. We need to listen to God. We need to listen to our mates. We need to listen to the people around us. We need to listen to our kids. You need to make time to listen to your kids. You know, the, the way we listen to our kids today is, here, please be quiet. We give them the, I love my kids in Kentucky, you know, Cardi makes them play outside and they, they like to dig tunnels, you know, so they get the hose, they muddy up the back, that down, because she has a big hill, you go down the bottom of the hill, there's big holes, because they, they get the hose, they start digging, they want to, make a cave, you know, say, woof. They like to play outside. Communicate with your kids. Communicate with your mate. Communicate with your friends, amen? 
Listen. Learn to be a good listener. Everybody say listen. Listen. And then next, be slow to speak. Everybody say slow. Slow. I like it when you say it like me. (laughs) Be slow to speak. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm telling you, you need to go back and listen to Wednesday night's message on Ephesians 4, 1 through 3. But it says, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called, with all lowliness, gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. So I want to focus on that word bearing with one another in verse 2, because um, it's it's forbearing with, with one another in love. Or forbearing. So forbearing, it means patient and restrained. So that we need to have patience and restraint with each other. So it means to keep oneself from doing something, to hold back, to refrain, to forbear. Here it is, from making a comment. Sometimes we shouldn't make that comment. Sometimes we need to refrain, right, Scott? We need to refrain on Wednesday night, Scott. Our our talking went on and Scott just typed refrain. (laughs) We need to refrain from making that comment, you know? Because I know that even in a marriage situation, it's usually just, what really makes the argument bad is that last line. One line too many. Or even with your, your parents or whatever, your, your friends or your, you know, one line too many. If, you, if we could have just refrained from saying that, that last thing, it would have been okay. Or somewhere in the middle, if we would have just refrained, if, you know, because you know when you say it, it's like, it's like you don't listen to the Lord to, to shut up, but you let it fly. And why it's coming out of your mouth, you're going, I should not be saying this right now. Oh my gosh, it's going to ex- escalate right now. And you know when you say it, and then you go into defense mode, and half the time defense mode's anger, and so you get angry at what you just said, because you know, I, I used, I'd come home and I'd say something to Delon, and she'd get madder than I would. I'm like, wait a minute, I'm the one supposed to be angry, and she, she'd be madder than me, and I'd be, that's because of what I said. I could escalate things. I didn't refrain when I was younger. I'm working on it. How many of you can work on refraining? (laughs) It's a a toughie. And and I I put in my notes, don't use the excuse that this is the way God made you. God saves us. And he does not leave us the way he found us. But he transforms us by the hearing of the word. So, if you're that way, if you're one way that's against the, what the Word of God challenges us to be, get into the Word and let it feed you so that you stop be, being that person, amen? So that you change. Romans 12, 2, it says, don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what, what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. That's what will happen. But you have to get into the Word. You have to allow God to transform you. You have to Put something else in so that other stuff doesn't come out. Amen? So you got to get filled with the word of God. And then he says, he says, be slow to get angry. Slow to get angry. In Ephesians 4, 31, it says, 
get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. So he calls it evil behavior, James does. I mean, in Ephesians, that's Paul. Bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Get rid of it. So he's telling us, get rid of your anger. You got to get rid of your anger. You can't allow that anger to stay. As a believer in Jesus, it's our responsibility to get rid of these things. He's, Paul's telling us, hey, you got to get rid of your anger. You can't keep it. You got to get rid of it. And uh, there, there might be reasons why you get angry. I get that. You know, why a person can go from zero to 100 in a few seconds, you know. But God would ask you to surrender those reasons to him. See, you, you might get angry because of what you went through as a child. You might be quick to anger because you're remembering things from your childhood that happened to you and you see them in your marriage and you, and you just explode right away and things go terrible really quick. But I would challenge you today is to take those things to the Lord. Take those things to the Lord and, and reveal them to God that he can heal you. Just confess them to God. I know we have a wonderful counselor in Elizabeth over there. And that's what she does with people. She helps people find the root. I haven't seen you in a few weeks, Elizabeth. Nobody's calling. Nobody, nobody needs help. So, huh? So just give her a call. You want to work through some of these issues that you got. Don't hold on to them. Or, or go to the Lord and take them because he can heal you so that you can put all that junk behind you. Amen. And you'll be slow to anger. I like being slow to anger. I don't like getting quick anger. Because I'm if I get angry quick, I'm usually making a mistake. 99% of the time, I'm usually making a mistake. I need to just sit and I need to be slow to speak, you know, with the Londa instead of going quick to anger. And as I do that, you know, then I'm I'm really bonding with her. I'm really becoming one every day with her as we we sit and we talk and we listen. Now, God understands what happened to you to make you angry. God gets it. But do you? Do you get it while you're angry? You say, why are you talking about angry? Because I see that as a self-defense mechanism in a lot of people these days. They're quick to get angry just so that they don't get hurt again. If you would take some time to deal with the hurt and get healed, then you could be moved forward into the slow to anger. But you've got to decide. He gives us three things here. James does. Quick to hear, slow to speak, slow to anger. Surrendering them to Jesus will heal your relationships like no other. It'll make you approachable and teachable. You say, why don't people approach me? Well, maybe there's an edge on you that scares people. Did I say that out loud? You know, it's just like we're all, we're all that diamond, but some of us don't have them facets yet. We have that jaggedness about us. 
that God wants to rub off so that people aren't afraid to have hard conversations with you. Because when we're angry people, it's hard to have those hard conversations with people so that they can even find healing. When you allow the healing to flow in your life, and you see, you'll see God do amazing things in your relationships. The issue with human anger, it does not produce godly righteousness or the righteousness that God desires. Our human anger can cause us to be very destructive, can say things that are very hurtful, and to do and say things that we really don't want to. And we need to deal with that. It goes back to forbearing. If we just explode, we're not following what Christ is intending for us to do. He wants us to bear with one another and let our light shine through us. Amen? I've given you a few things to think about today. I would encourage you, as I said, to go back to Facebook, YouTube, listen to Wednesday night, listen to them this morning again. Get into the word, read these scriptures over again. Remember, being deceived is believing something that's contrary to the word of God. And that goes back to last week about temptation. These are your own desires that you have to put down. There's a lot here in this first chapter of James that God wants us to get a hold of. He doesn't want us walking around being angry, being quick to speak and being terrible listeners. He wants us to walk as children of the light, being filled with his presence, amen? So right now we're gonna receive communion today. And it says in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty-seven, it says, anyone who eats this bread or drinks this cup of the Lord unworthily is guilty of sinning against the body and blood of the Lord. That is why you should examine yourself before eating the bread and drinking the cup. For if you eat the bread or drink the cup without honoring the body of Christ, you are eating and drinking God's judgment upon yourself. That is why many of you are weak and sick and some have died. You see, this is where we need to be honest with God about our transformation that's been happening as we've been walking with the Lord. Maybe you haven't been walking with the Lord and you need to surrender to him today. You need to give your life to him. Or maybe your life hasn't been progressing with God the way the word is calling us to. We need to repent of those things that are lingering in our lives and maybe it's anger for you today. We need to repent and ask the Lord's forgiveness, amen? We need to just kind of take a bath in his presence and allow him to just identify that thing, that fruit that he's trying, the enemy's trying to get us to grab hold of, the bait. And we need to let it go today. Whether it be in your thought life or in your actual, your, it's manifesting in your life, we need to let go of that bait. So I, I want to take some time before we take communion to pray that we examine our own hearts and we come before the Lord and we if there's bait there, you get rid of it. You just cut it off, identify it, and let it go. So let's go to the Lord in prayer right now. Dear Heavenly Father, we just come before you today. 
Lord, I pray that we'd let go of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. That, Lord, that we'd let these things go, the bait that the enemy's trying to use against us, Lord, that we just cast it down today. That, Lord, our heart would be just surrendered to you, Jesus, so that we could live this life that James is calling us to through the word of God. That we'd be surrendered wholly unto Jesus. Maybe you're here today and you say, Pastor Ron, I, I just... I just need to make that commitment to the Lord today. I just need to either get back there or go there for the first time. But I I need Jesus today. I need him to forgive me. If that's you, just raise your hand and let me pray for you today. Anybody here today, just wave your hand at me. Praise you, Father. Lord, we just go with you. We surrender it all to you, Lord Jesus. Lord, that you wash over us and you forgive us today. That you cleanse us from all unrighteousness today. That, Lord, that you do a supernatural work in us today. That, Father, that there be nothing left, that that all the anger has to go. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, that you totally, totally, totally wash over us right now. The cleansing power of the blood of Jesus so that when we take this cup, we eat this bread, we do it in a a worthy manner, Lord, being cleansed by the power of the blood of Jesus. Give us renewed strength, renewed passion for you, Lord. And Lord, that... uh, things, the bait, Lord, the bait. Cut off the bait. Cut off the bait today, God. Let your word just cleanse us today, Father. Let your love just abound in our hearts today. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Robert and Victoria, if you'd come, please. The way we do communion is you come and get the emblems from these two wonderful people here. And uh, one will stand here, one will stand here, and then hold on to it. And get that little wafer out of the top, if you can. (laughs) And we'll take it all together after everybody's been served. So stand and please come this morning. What we're doing is we're partaking in what he's done for us. 
coming into agreement with what he's done for us, amen? That when we take this bread, we drink this cup, we're saying yes and amen to what the word declares he's done for us. We're receiving it into our bodies today. You're receiving the forgiveness of sins. You're receiving the healing that God has for you today. Corinthians 11, he says, I pass on to you what I received from the Lord himself. And that night when he was betrayed, the Lord Jesus took some bread, gave thanks for it, then broke it in pieces. Break that in peace. Break that little wafer in half. It said, this is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Take and eat. thank you, Jesus, that you were bruised and broken for us to give us life. And out of that question, Paul asked, or he challenged us in Ephesians 1, live a life worthy, live a life worthy of the calling of God that's on your life. And I pray, God, that we remember what you've done for us always, and we would live a life worthy of that calling, Father, that we'd not shrink back. We'd not shrink back into our old ways of doing things, but Lord, we press into your way of doing things, your way of being right, God. And Lord, that our tongue would represent that, Father, that we would speak life into people, Father. Lord, we thank you for that. We thank you for what you've done for us, that we could live, that we could thrive in the body of Christ. We don't have to be held back. Lord, we can move forward in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. The same way he took the cup of wine after supper, saying, this cup is a new covenant between God and his people, an agreement confirmed with my blood. Do this in remembrance of me as often as you drink it. For every time that you drink this bread and eat this bread, drink this cup, you are announcing the Lord's death until he comes again. Take and drink. We thank you, Lord, for the blood. The blood of Jesus washes over us right now. It washes us. And I pray, God, that we would be good listeners. I pray we'd be slow to speak. And Lord, we'd be slow to get angry. Because we know that our anger does not produce godly righteousness. So Lord, I pray that you even strengthen us from deception, that we'd be strong in your word, Father, that the Holy Spirit would give us the discernment. Father, let your hand be upon each one of us. Cover, keep us, protect us as we go our way today. Lord, let the mighty presence of God just be with us every moment of every day. And Lord, I pray your blessing over the people. Bless them indeed with health and long life. In Jesus' name, and everybody said.